0: Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Let's jump into the Word together. We are in our series called Like Jesus. And I hope that as you are finding your way through this series, that you are uh, are being reminded more on a daily basis of living your life like Jesus did. That is that is the premise of this series. I want to remind you of our foundation scripture for this series. 1 John chapter 2 verse 6 says this. Yes. This is me pausing. You're supposed to be, I'm, I'm hoping by now you have this scripture memorized. It says, those that say they live in God should live their lives like Jesus did. Those who say they live in God, so that's me and you, we say we live in God, we're Christians, we're believers, those who say they live in God should live their lives like Jesus did. So I'm hoping that as we are going through this series, that you are wherever you're finding yourself at different times, in different situations, in different places, in different scenarios, that you are suddenly caught In the middle of your natural reaction saying, wait a second, how would Jesus respond? How did Jesus live his life on earth in this situation? That's our prayer. So those who say they live in God should live their lives like Jesus did. Now today we're talking about, like Jesus, a life of forgiveness. And this one is, um, it's particularly important I'm sure, like me, you've been around people in life who have told you things like, I can really hold a grudge for a long time. Or they've said things like, if you hurt me, you are dead to me. I close my heart off and you you are dead to me. Or uh, any other of a thousand different ways they could say things like that. But they almost in some ways pride themselves on being able to not forgive people. And I want to talk about a life of forgiveness today. Um, I've been thinking about this as we've been preparing for this message. And I realized this, uh, that at the very beginning of Jesus's public ministry on earth, um, when he was 30 years old in Matthew chapter uh, six, it starts. He's gone off before that into the wilderness. He was tempted by the devil. He came back. He chose his disciples, and then he began his public ministry. People were following around because he was um, healing the sick, casting out devils, preaching the good news. And the Bible says um, that he went. Up onto a mountain and began to speak and he began to preach. And this is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. This is the first um, message that we really have recorded of Jesus teaching. And it's the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the first things Jesus talks about in there. He talks for a, for a little while. I don't know how long he talked because we weren't there. But there's about a page in the Bible of things that Jesus is talking about. And then he gets to what we call the Lord's Prayer. And in that Lord's Prayer, about halfway through it, he says, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So evidently, it was very important to Jesus. It was on Jesus' mind right away to bring up, hey, This is how you should pray. And when you pray, you need to pray, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And that was the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. And I I just want to take a second and go to the very end of Jesus' natural life on earth when he was at the cross about to surrender his spirit. And in Luke chapter 23, if you have your Bibles... Which I'm hoping you do. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 23, and I want to show you um, two verses here. Luke chapter 23, starting in verse 32, says, Two other, two others, both criminals, were let out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. They being the centurions, the soldiers. And the criminals were also crucified, one on Jesus' right hand and one on his left hand. Jesus says this in verse 34. Now remember, these are the last hours of Jesus' life before he surrenders his spirit on the cross. Great pain, great agony, great hurt. He's tired, exhausted. I can't even imagine what he's been feeling to this point. But he says this, in the middle of all of that, In the middle of those people nailing, those those soldiers nailing the cross through his hands, Jesus says these words, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Then it goes on from verse 34 to 41 is a conversation primarily between uh, the two criminals that are being crucified with Jesus and one is mocking Jesus And the other criminal is talking to the the guy that's mocking Jesus. And he's saying, hey, we're about to die. Don't you even fear God in these last moments of your life? And he turns to Jesus in verse 42 and he says this. Then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replies in verse 43, he says, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. So, what do we see here? We see on the book ends of Jesus' public ministry at the very beginning and at the very end, before he dies on the cross and gives up his life for us, Jesus is talking to people about forgiveness. He's, at, he's teaching us to pray, and he says, This is how you should pray. Forgive us our sins so that we don't forget uh, as you forgive us who sin against us. Or yeah. And then at the end, He's he's saying, God, forgive them. Forgive these people. They don't know what they do. And then the, the criminal beside him, he says to that guy, he says, I forgive you basically of your sins. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Forgiveness was what Jesus was doing. It is what he was about. And he thought it was so important that he lived a life of forgiveness. And you can read all through the Gospels, reading about Jesus, and there's forgiveness that crops up often. So we're going to look at a parable together. And in Matthew chapter 18 is where I want you to go. And this is the parable of the unforgiving debtor. Now this parable is only found in the book of Matthew, and it is it is particularly poignant and says some things that uh, we're going to pull out of here. I'm going to read through the story and at the end there's four things we're going to talk about in this parable together. So uh, in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 18, again I'm reading from the New Living Translation, uh, Jesus is talking and he's talking about Um, In verse 15, he says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. And he's talking about how how you're supposed to handle um, sins and people hurting you and what you're supposed to do with them. So first of all, we're not supposed to live a life. We're not supposed to be, as believers, we're not supposed to be able to say, I can really hold a grudge. If you hurt me, I might not talk to you for a week, two weeks, three weeks. I might not talk to you for six weeks. I might not talk to you for a year. Or if you've hurt me, I'm going to close my heart off to you and you will never find your way back into my heart. You are dead to me. I won't remember you. I won't talk to you. I won't think about you. As believers, there is no precedent for us to live or to have that kind of mindset inside of us. Okay. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's a freebie. You can't live your life as a believer. First John two, six, those who say they live in God should live their lives like Jesus did. You didn't see Jesus anywhere saying that person hurt me. And that person is dead to me. And I am not dying on the cross for that person. I'll die for everybody else, but that guy, he stole my hummus and he knew I wanted it. So no, we have to forgive everyone. So Jesus is talking about how we forgive people who have sinned against us. And in in verse 21, after Jesus talked about this, and in verse 21, Peter comes up and he says this. Peter came to him and says, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Should I forgive them seven times? And, um, you know, like when you're in kids' church And you hear this story and you're growing up, you always kind of chuckle. You're like, seven times, seven times, should I forgive somebody? But here, let me tell you a little bit of history. Here's why Peter said that. Because the rabbis of the day taught that you only had to forgive somebody three times. So Peter was doubling that. He's like, I'm going to go above and beyond. The the rabbis say we have to forgive three times. Jesus, should I forgive someone seven times? Seven is the number of perfection. I'm going to choose seven. So Jesus, should I forgive somebody seven times? And Jesus replies and he says this, "Uh, no, not seven times, Jesus says, but 70 times seven. Now we know that Jesus wasn't talking about that you're only called to forgive somebody 490 times and that you get to keep some big ledger of all the times that that person has hurt you and you have forgiven them and then when they hit 491, that's it. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is making a bigger point. He's like, no, not seven times. Let's say 70 times seven. Basically, I'm saying to you, you just have to keep forgiving people on and on and on and on. There is no end to the forgiveness that I am coming to give you. There's no end to the forgiveness that God the Father has for you. Therefore, there should be no end to your forgiveness for others. It's my prayer today that as, I, as I'm speaking this message, that maybe if you have allowed things in your heart, if you have allowed unforgiveness in your heart, if you have allowed grudges to find a home and to find a root in your heart, it is my prayer that as we talk about this today, that the Holy Spirit begins to convict you and to open your eyes to people that you are walking in unforgiveness towards, to grudges that you have held in your life for a week, for a month, for a year, for five years, for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years, so that God can bring healing and health and wholeness back to you. Let's keep going. Jesus says this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to this. I think the New King James says the kingdom of God can be likened to this. To a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. What a nice king. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Now, the Greek rendering of this word is actually 10,000 talents or 375 tons worth of silver. Yeah, you heard that right. 375 tons of silver. This is representing, this is a parable. So a parable is a story representing a spiritual truth. And Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. So this debt the man has is an astronomical, basically unpayable debt that he owed. So he says, in the process, one of his debtors who was brought in, who owed him millions of dollars and he couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold, because he was a servant, along with his wife, his children, and everything that this man owed to pay back the debt. That's just what you did. I got to get my money back. You can't pay me back. You're my servant. What I'm going to do, I'm going to sell you and everything you have to start recouping some of my costs. It's not personal. It's business. It's business. But the man fell down, in verse 26, before his master, and he begged, and he's like, please be patient with me, and I'll pay it all to you. Please, please don't sell me. Don't sell my wife. Don't. I'll do what. Just give me some time. I'll pay this. Don't sell me. Please don't sell me. I imagine this guy was crying, and he was so upset. Could you imagine your wife and your kids and everything you have? I mean, I would be okay if I got sold, but if my kids, if Sydney and Josiah and Jen were sold and everything we owe, I would be Please, please, please don't do this. Give me some more time. 27 says this. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him. And he didn't just release him. He didn't just release him and say, okay, you've got, uh, I'm going to give you six months OAC to pay this debt back. No interest. You got six months. The Bible says here, this man released him felt pity for him, and forgave his debt. His debt that was basically unpayable, this king forgave. Verse 28, though, says, But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Now, the actual Greek rendering here is a hundred denarii. And and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. A denarius, one denarius, was equal to one day's wages. So this guy owed him a hundred days' wages. It is, it is astronomically smaller in numbers compared from what this guy owed him to what the man who was just forgiven owed the king. And the Bible says in verse 28, he left the king, he found the fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars and he grabbed him by the throat and he demanded instant payment. You give me my money. I just got yelled at. I got debts I gotta pay. You give me my money. You give it to me. Bible says he grabbed him around the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant did the same thing that this man had just done himself. In verse 29, says he falls down before him and he begs for a little more. Just give me some more time. He says, please be patient with me. I'll pay it. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had that man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said this to him. You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servants just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to be prison, to be tortured until he had his entire debt paid. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Wow. Wow. So here, I want to show you four things out of here that we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. Man was forgiven much, left and went and found somebody who owed him barely anything, turned on the man, couldn't forgive that person. The king finds out about it and is filled with rage, brings the man back in and he calls him, in the New Living Translation, he calls him evil. He says, you evil servant. You evil servant, you were just forgiven, but you couldn't forgive somebody else. It says in verse 34, which are we going to pick up? The angry king sent the man to be pr- to prison to be tortured until he could pay what he owed. The first thing I want to talk about here is that unforgiveness in your life leads to torture, leads to torment. It may not lead to physical torture and physical torment, but when you allow unforgiveness to stay in your heart, you know what happens as well as I do. You begin to dwell on the person who wronged you. You begin to dwell on the scenario that you were walking in where you were wronged. You begin to think about that, and your thoughts, the enemy comes, and your thoughts begin to bombard you, and it begins to overwhelm you, and it begins to overtake you, and you begin to become tormented and tortured until all you can think about, you know this is good. Desire, and all you can think about is how wronged you were and how you're going to get revenge and what you're going to do to make it right all the things that we should not be thinking about this is what happens and the other thing you see here is that he sent him away this servant left the king's presence and was sent to jail to be tortured When you allow unforgiveness to stay in your heart, you allow the enemy open access to come and begin to bombard you with torment and torture in your mind. Nobody wants that. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to allow those thoughts to torture you. You don't have to allow those thoughts to torment you. 2 Corinthians 10 talks about bringing every thought into into captivity to the obedience of Christ. All you got to do is say, ah, I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm going to choose forgiveness. Which leads us to our second point. Verse 35 says, That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters. The word refuse means this. It means that you have a choice. And when you refuse something, you are choosing Not to do it. So in Jesus' parable, he's saying, This is what's gonna happen to you if you choose not to walk into forgiveness. If you choose to allow that anger to stay in your heart, if you choose to allow your heart to stay close to somebody, if you choose to allow offense to find a home in there, and you allow offense to live there and to get comfortable there and to build, start building a home there and making a life there, if you choose to do that you are inviting torment and torture into your life you have a choice you have the power you have the authority all it takes is you saying i forgive you which leads us to our next thought it says this that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse if you choose not to forgive if you refuse to forgive somebody, your brothers and sisters, from your heart. We all know there's different kinds of forgiveness. Uh, I was thinking about this as I was preparing this message. I remember when I was young, me and my sister, this was before my brother was around. Um, so it was me and my sister, we grew up together, we were babies together, we had toddlers, preteens, all that stuff. And so there was often times where one of us would hurt the other one and then and then the parent would walk in, my mom or my dad, and you can put yourself in this scenario because I'm sure it's happened to you too. But they walk in and they find you guys fighting. They find one of you is hurting the other one. And so what do they always do? They Obviously, they stop what's happening. And then they say to this, what happened? And you sort it all out and you say, okay, to the one that was hurting the other person, you need to say to that person, you need to say to your brother, you need to say to your sister that you're sorry. Say, you're sorry. And the kid's like, I'm sorry. And your parents would say it like you mean it. I'm sorry for hurting you. I'm sorry for pulling your hair. I'm sorry for calling you a name. I'm sorry for tripping you. Whatever it was. And the parents say, okay, good job. And then the other person, they say, no, what do you say? And the other person says, okay. And then your parents say, no, that's not what you say. You say, I forgive you. And he say, okay. So say, I forgive you. I forgive you. And when you're young, you don't really know what that means. You don't really know what I forgive you means. They're just words to you. But as you grow up and as you get older and you, you and you become an adult, you become a teenager, you become a real person with your own thoughts. You begin to realize that, that you can forgive somebody with your words. Somebody can hurt you. You're like, yeah, don't worry about it. But in your heart, You haven't forgiven them. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He says, You choose not to forgive them from your heart. God's not looking for you to forgive people with your words. He's looking for you to forgive people with your actions and from your heart. Forgiveness starts in the heart and it begins to work its way outward. You may have people in your life that have hurt you terribly. You may have been abused. You may have been treated terribly. You may have been all kinds of things happen to you. You may have been ostracized. I don't know. There's so many terrible things that can and do happen all the time. But forgiveness first takes place in the heart and begins to work its way outward. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. You've got to start with forgiveness in your heart. And sometimes, like the, the time that Jesus Matagani says, you know, he says, can you heal my son? Jesus laughs and says, I can do anything, anything is possible to those who believe. And he says, well, I believe, Lord, help my belief. Sometimes you have to start with God. I want to forgive this person in my heart, but I don't know how. Can you show me how to forgive this person? That's the beginning of forgiveness in your heart. A heart that wants to do right. A heart that wants to walk in forgiveness. That's your starting place. There's one more thing we're going to look at here. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. and We're actually going to go to the Lord's Prayer that I was talking about earlier. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6. I'm so sorry. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9 and 10, 11 and 12 and 13 is the Lord's Prayer. And it's verse 12 that says, Forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. Jumping down to verse 14, Jesus says this. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse, there's that word refuse again. If you choose not to, if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Let me say it to you this way. Your forgiveness hinges on your forgiveness. Your forgiveness from God for the things that you need forgiveness for in your life hinges on you forgiving those people in your life who you feel have wronged you or who did wrong you. Tangibly, emotionally, physically, sexually, verbally, Your forgiveness from Him for the things you need forgiveness for is hinged upon your forgiveness of the wrongs that you have had wrought upon you. If you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. And if your Father can't forgive you of your sins because you won't forgive others, That means that you are allowing sin in your life. I'm choosing not to walk in forgiveness. When you choose, when you refuse to forgive, when you choose to not walk in forgiveness, you are sinning. And when you allow sin in your life, sin brings separation between you and God. As I was thinking about this, I began to think about my car's engine. And we put oil in our engine. And what does oil do? It keeps your engine lubricated. It keeps it from overheating. All those pieces inside that are spinning at incredible speeds. If they don't have that oil to keep them lubricated, they begin to heat up and then they seize. That's why it's so important to check your oil in your car. But if you don't have that oil in there, it seizes up and it stops and your engine can't work anymore. Forgiveness is kind of like the oil in our spiritual walk. It keeps things moving in our relationship with others and with God. And when you stop walking in forgiveness, it's like you're letting the oil out of your engine. And as that oil drains, you begin to... Have your relationships with others come to a stop? You begin to have your relationship with God slow down because you've got sin between you and Him. You've got to walk in forgiveness. You have to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you And you've got to hear His voice talking to you about areas in your life where you haven't been forgiving people because when you're doing that, the Bible says if you aren't forgiving others, then God won't forgive you. And I know, I know that we don't want God not to forgive us of our sins. We want God to forgive us of our sins. We want our relationship with God to be right. We've got to walk in forgiveness